A state legislator proposes increased oversight for law enforcement agencies. Oklahoma sees a sharp decrease in Medicaid expenditures and the difficulty of planning for a college football season. For The Oklahoman, I'm Paige Dillard. Today is June 10th. A Democratic legislator said he will spend the upcoming months trying to build bipartisan support for legislation that would increase oversight of law enforcement agencies. Capitol reporter Carmen Foreman has more on Representative Monroe Nichols' legislative plans. Today, Representative Monroe Nichols, a Democrat from Tulsa, announced that he plans to file legislation to address police oversight and increase transparency of various law enforcement entities. And he plans to file this legislation before the 2021 legislative session. Representative Nichols, he had a press conference today and he talked about how he really thinks that most police officers, most law enforcement agents um, are the kind of public civil servants that everybody hopes that they are, that they're very kind, they follow the rules, all of those things. And he noted that his father was a police officer down in Houston and his uncle um, is still a police officer in Dallas. So He didn't want this legislation to come off, as some have, just get rid of law enforcement entirely. Basically, what he wants to do is he wants to create an office of independent monitor out of the attorney general's office. And that person would basically review situations in which a person dies, whether it's by law enforcement or in the hands of law enforcement or by law enforcement in action. Um, He also wants to create a task force to basically create more cross-the-board standards for law enforcement agents in Oklahoma. And so I know earlier this week I was watching the governor's panel discussion on race. And in that panel, the police chief of Moore, Oklahoma, basically said, yeah, there are some places where the standards are really high to become a police officer, and there are some places where the standards are really low. He was basically saying, we need standardized standards across the board. Um, And so the task force would sort of go to that end. Representative Nichols, he basically said, you know, this is just a starting point. He's obviously going to need bipartisan support since Democrats are in the minority of the legislature. So he's hoping to talk it over with Republican colleagues and make it an across the aisle sort of thing where they agree on what they can do to increase oversight and transparency of law enforcement. State officials say Medicaid programs in Oklahoma paid out $211 million less in May than in April, in part because fewer people were using the health care system. Chris Castile reports expenditures in May were also nearly $100 million less than in May 2019. The Oklahoma Health Care Authority said the steep drop resulted from multiple factors. The decrease in Medicaid spending came as Governor Stitt vetoed a temporary hike in state hospital fee to fund his Medicaid expansion proposal. The fee hike would have raised an estimate estimated $134 million a year. However, in his veto message, Governor Stitt said the fee increase would not have fully funded the expansion, partly because of the economic conditions created by the pandemic, which would mean more people would have had to use public health insurance. Oklahoma is one of 14 states that has not used Affordable Care Act funding to expand its Medicaid program. On June 30th, voters will have an opportunity to approve a statewide ballot question to expand the program.
Should it pass, the question would become part of the Constitution and require state lawmakers to agree on a funding mechanism. The Oklahoma Pardon and Parole Board is looking to Attorney General Mike Hunter for advice on handling commutation requests from death row inmates. Kayla Branch has more on the story. Last October, a high-profile death row inmate named Julius Jones requested commutation from the state. And it's believed that he is the first death row inmate to do so. And so it has caused a little bit of confusion for Oklahoma's Pardon and Parole Board, which hears commutation hearings. Uh, They weren't sure if they could legally hold commutation proceedings for inmates who have been sentenced to death. And so during a board meeting on Monday, uh, they voted unanimously to ask Attorney General Mike Hunter for advice on how to handle commutation requests from death row inmates. One of the lawyers for Jones has said that the state constitution doesn't explicitly disallow death row inmates from having commutation hearings. And he also pointed to a 2012 opinion from the attorney general's office that said that the power of the board and the governor to grant commutations couldn't be impeded by the legislature. And that opinion did deal with a you know, different legal situation and, you know, whether or not commutation could be granted for those who had not served 85% of their sentences for crimes that require at least 85% of the sentence to be served. But the lawyer said that he thinks the same basic principles will apply and that um, if the attorney general had a policy shift and said, you know, for whatever reason in his upcoming opinion that the pardon and parole board could not hear commutation requests from death row inmates, then it would be something they would look at carefully. And this comes again in Jones. He was uh, convicted in 2002 of killing an Edmund man and has spent more than 20 years incarcerated and his family and he have maintained his innocence. And the case has gained national attention in recent years, particularly after the 2018 debut of a documentary called The Last Offense. And there has just been a lot of movement around the case uh, lately when the Black Lives Matter Oklahoma City chapter released its list of demands um, dealing with police brutality in Oklahoma City. On that list was commutation uh, for Julius Jones. That was one of their requests. And so and there's continued to be extreme movement around the case. Um, you know, But a commutation hearing only provides inmates just a few minutes to speak. So that is something that uh, many have said is not enough time to rehash you know, a detailed trial. But um, if Jones is denied commutation or they're not even allowed to hear his commutation request, he would still receive something called a clemency hearing in the future. And basically, a clemency hearing is similar to commutation. They're both heard by the Pardon and Parole Board and both review the case and and the sentence that was uh, handed down. But clemency is a longer, more in-depth process that every person on death row um, is automatically assigned 21 days before their set execution date. Um, No execution dates have been set for current death row inmates since the state halted executions after a series of botched proceedings in 2015. Uh, But State officials announced this spring that executions will resume and dates could be set as early as this fall, depending on um, what legal proceedings roll out um, as folks examine the process by which the state hopes to uh, resume executions going forward. 
Oklahoma football fans are eager to know what stadium capacity might be for the upcoming season. A variety of optimistic reports have surfaced in recent weeks that raise hopes of college football returning to some degree of normalcy. Barry Trammell reports the Sooners are doing lots of planning, but there are no predictions. OU Athletic Director Joe Castiglione said on Wednesday no decisions had been made. Castiglione said, quote, We are working diligently to prepare to adjust to anything that we can allow. The Oklahoma City National Memorial and Museum reopened on Wednesday morning. Visitors will notice several new safety procedures are in place. Admission to the museum is granted in timed intervals, and visitors will be asked to wear masks while inside the museum. In addition, the museum will provide a personal stylus for visitors to use when examining interactive digital exhibits. Oklahoma City National Memorial Foundation Chairman Bob Ross says museum goers will also notice several new exhibits and can try out the new augmented reality feature. We have storytellers throughout the uh, museum, and so before you get here, you'll download the app onto your phone, and throughout the museum, you will scan an image, and a storyteller will pop up and tell a very important piece about the museum. We have a volunteer, we have a journalist, we have a survivor, a family member, and it's a great way for especially the younger generation to really connect with the memorial and the museum and what we're, the story we're trying to tell. To learn more about the museum, the safety procedures, or book your visit, you can go to memorialmuseum.com. That's all for today's podcast. Stay with The Oklahoman and oklahoman.com for the latest news and information. For The Oklahoman, I'm Paige Dillard.